Welcome to those who are listening via the podcast too. I forget to, to say that every week, but we are excited that there are still people all over the world listening to, to what's going on right here in Platte City. Well, this morning we are talking about the church, and before we get to that, I wanted to share just a few announcements with you. I, I told them, I said, I want to do the announcements today because it has something to do with the message, because the church is more than just about what we're doing right here, Okay. We are at church, we came to church, but the church is, is more than just about a, a location or a person, or not a person but a place, but it's about a people. People are the church, and we want to not just come and be church here, but we want to be the church outside these walls, and we're going to have an opportunity to do that. But before we do that, I want to make sure that if you are here this morning, and if you got a, uh, one of these uh, things passed out to you when you came in, it has a card in there that has information about who you are, your address, email, that kind of stuff. This, this is really important to us because then it allows us to have a way of getting a hold of you in the event that we need to let you know what's going on uh, in the future. And so if you have not filled one of these out, I'm going to ask that this today, this Sunday, that everybody, every family, it doesn't have to be each individual person, but every family, fill one of these out, make sure the information on there is correct and legible, Okay. All right, because sometimes we'll get these cards and we'll fill out the names and, the, and I'll look at the list later on thinking, that's not their last name. Their last name is something else, but they couldn't read it. All right, so this is, a, this is the, one of the few times we'll actually require you to do this today, all right? So your ticket out of here this morning is filling one of these out per family or per individual if you're here by yourself. Now, fill it out and when you're done, they will, you'll pass the offering plate at the, or the baskets at the end and you just place it in the basket and then that's all you have to do. Now, if you need a pen, raise your hand. All right, we have a few people that need a pen. Emma, can you go? There's a basket right on the table, and just, it's okay. We're all, we're friends, we're family. Just keep, when she comes in, just keep your hand up, and we'll get you a pen. So I want everyone to fill this out so that our database is accurate, and that way we have that information. Because we, like I know, like when we decided that we were moving from the YMCA to here, we didn't have everybody's address or phone number. We couldn't make sure everybody knew what it is that we're doing. So that's really, it's an important piece of, of, of here. Plus, on the back of this card, it has a room for a prayer request. And I promise you that if you fill it out, we will pray for you. And we want you to do that. So every Sunday morning, this card will have a, that space and you can fill out a prayer request, put it in the offering basket at the end. Now, raise your hand again if you need a pen. Okay. Fill it in, put it in the offering basket and then we will we together as a team will pray for you. And that's important that we know those things. Now, if you, you've come in the morning and you get one of these and you have an envelope for your offering, by the way, if you give cash, thank you, but go ahead and put your name on it. That way we know who gave it so that we can keep records of that. We do keep records of all the giving. And we'll let you know about that at the end of the year. So do that. But if you don't need, if you don't use any of these during the week, that's fine. Just leave them uh, um, underneath your seat, and we'll collect them at the end of the service, and then we'll just recycle them. Make sense? Pretty straightforward, right? Just some basic housekeeping things. If you are someone who likes to pray, and you feel like maybe that's your, that's your passion or your gift, there is a, uh, an opportunity that will begin on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. If you can come a little bit early, you can meet with Tara. Tara's the one who kind of gets all the coffee together in the morning. You can meet with Tara, and you guys could spend some time, about 15 minutes, just praying about what's going on here, here at church and what's going on outside the walls as well. If you say, you know, I love to pray, we would love for you to come and do that. 
that, is that good? So some of you feel like that's a gift that maybe you have. If you're a teenager, middle school through high school, raise your hand. Got some middle school through high school kids. Beth, did you raise your hand? I know you want to be a teenager again, right? <laughs> but uh, so if you're a teenager, there is a, there's an opportunity coming up here in a couple weeks, a thing called Youth for Truth. And it is uh, an event here in Kansas City. It's $15. And we are planning on going. So pay attention to Facebook and the website. And we'll put out some information about going to that together. Uh, there's a guy named Wayne Simeon who played basketball at KU. All right. And he is a phenomenal, phenomenal man. And he's going to be there speaking and another lady there too. And there'll be some worship and it'll be a fun time to uh, get together to talk about some good stuff. So here's how the church is going to be church outside these walls on Saturday. Okay, a week from yesterday, there's a ministry here in Platte City called Hillcrest Transitional Housing. And they have apartments that they sponsor for people who are in transition a lot of times from homelessness into being able to live a sustainable life. And we, as, as a church, want to be able to support that and make that happen. So this Saturday, there's going to be a work day. It's in your bulletin. It has some information there. Work day from 9 to noon. It's some outdoor stuff, maybe some indoor cleaning, stuff like that as well. Just come prepared to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we will have lunch afterwards. Our church is going to provide lunch for all the workers that show up, plus the residents who live there, about 20 people, adults and kids, and we will get a chance to interact and bless the people who live there. They live there uh, for 90 days. Uh, if they make it through the program, then they graduate and they help them take the next step in transitioning into um, hopefully a more sustainable life. And we want to be a part of that. The Hillcrest Thrift Store here in town, the proceeds, the money that they make there goes to help that program as well. So anytime you go to that store and you buy something, it's a blessing to somebody else. And so I love the way, that's the way they make that happen. There are, there's a pantry at the Hillcrest um, housing, and that's where the people will go to, to get their food. Now, you have cupboards in your house, and you, or a pantry, and you go there and get your food, but the residents who live there go to this pantry, and obviously the pantry needs to be stocked occasionally. And so we put a list inside of the bulletin, and you can actually bring with you some of these items, or all of them if you want to, Bring these items with you on, your, on the work day, and we'll donate them to the pantry while they're there, and we'll just bless, we'll bless them a couple different ways on Saturday. Saturday at 9 a.m. If you have questions, if you want to help and you want to let me know that you're coming, my phone number's in there as well, I believe. Yes, it is. So just text me, say, hey, count me in, Brady. I'll, I'll be there, and this is what we're going to be bringing, and that would be, uh, that'd be great. So let's pray. So God, there are so, so many things that we can accomplish as the church, as a church here in this community. And so, God, I pray that you'd lead us and that we would not waste our resources, we'd not waste time. Uh, God, that we would be strategic in the ways that we can be a blessing here in this place. We pray that people will come to this church to be blessed and then receive um, what they need from you, Lord, so they can turn around and give it away to other people. That's what what we are supposed to do. So teach us how to do that more. Would you meet us here this morning? Would you use the words that you've given me and, um, to speak some truth and encouragement into the lives of the people who have gathered here today? We just praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. So as a calling community church, one of the things that we believe is that the church 
uh, is, like I said, more than just a place. It's, it's about people. We believe that Jesus is the head of the church. Okay, I'm not the head of this church. Jesus is the head of this church. I just serve here at this particular location. The true church is composed of all persons who have put their faith in Jesus. The church is called the ecclesia, or the called out ones. That's what the church is called, the called out ones. So many times we think the church is the called in ones, right? Well, we're called into a building, but it's more than just that. We are called out of this place. We gather together to learn, fellowship, and to pray to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That's the church. Now, I have a confession to make. I am a junkie. I'm a church junkie. I love church. Now, some of you are like, he's a junkie? No, yeah, I am addicted to church. I love church. Now, I promise you, when I was a teenager, I didn't love it as much because it was early on Sunday morning, and my mom said, I don't care how late you stay up on Saturday night, you're going to church. And I guess I did have a drug problem back then. You've heard this before. I was drugged to church on Sunday morning. And some of you the same way. And I, at the time, I didn't really appreciate it, but now I really am so glad my, my mom and dad made me go to church. They didn't force me, but they encouraged me with some good tactics. You know, like if you ever want to leave the house again, you're going to church. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll go. But I'm a church junkie now. I love coming to church. I love Jesus, and I love people, and this is a perfect place for that. But I understand that not everyone feels that way, and I, and I, and I get that. And, I, and as a pastor, we're aware of that. I'm aware of that. I'm trying to think of how can we... Um, how can we make church a place where people do want to come? I know for some, some people think the church can be a little bit boring. It can be a little bit awkward. You know, you come in, I really don't know anybody, and I'm, I came on my own, and, and all these other people seem like they know each other, and they seem to be family, but I kind of feel like I'm on the outside looking in. There are people here right now sitting here that feel that way, and I get that. I understand, and I'm, I'll do my part to make sure they don't feel that way, but then together we want to make sure they don't feel that way either, right? We want to look around and say, who feels like they're a little bit awkward? I know as a youth pastor, I used to always say, you see a kid sitting by himself at the lunch table? Don't ever let a kid sit by himself at the lunch table unless he wants to. But most of the time, they don't want to. They want someone to come sit with them. So we want to make sure that we are looking around and being aware of the people who are feeling a little bit awkward. Church can be confusing sometimes because we might use language that you're not familiar with. Like, I, I don't understand what he's talking about. Like, I did, I've never heard that phrase before. And if, it, if it's that way, that's okay. Don't give up. Hang in there. And just keep listening and keep asking questions and, and beginning to, to understand a little bit more. A church can be, um, let's just be a little bit honest, guys. Church can be a little bit feminine, right? It can just feel, it's kind of lovey, kind of touchy, The you know. Just kind of be a little bit, feels like it's more fit for women than it is for men. And I, and I get that. And I, I don't know, I guess I could break something up here on the stage or try to build something or something just to make it feel a little bit more manly. But sometimes it feels a little too feminine. Sometimes church can be a little frustrating. It can be a little frustrating because you come and you, you might hear something or experience something and it just doesn't set right in your spirit. Or, or maybe there's a, little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of conviction that comes and you're just like, ah. I don't know, that didn't feel too good. That kind of, I felt like the pastor really stepped on my toes today. I heard once said that uh, people love church because they love the direction, they love the protection, but when it comes to the correction, they're not all about that, you know? And church can feel like that sometimes. 
I heard it once explained by the, the pastor of the Baptist Church here in town. He told me this story. He wrote a, he wrote a story once or a paper about uh, the church being like Goldilocks and the three bears. Right? You know the story? Everybody knows that story, right? We're not, okay, that's good. And so sometimes churches are a little too hot. I'm not talking so much about the temperature, but sometimes church is a little too friendly. Man, as soon as they see you, they're like, they've got the like guest radar on. As soon as they see you're not one of the regular people, they like flock right to you and make it very uncomfortable for you. Yeah, just like, come on right in. We'll take you right up front. We're going to have you come up in front of everybody. Hey, everybody, this is so-and-so. They're new here today. Everybody say hi. Now we're going we're gonna to sing a little song for you or whatever, and it freaks the people out. We, aren't you glad we don't do that? Yeah, amen. You're like, yeah, that'd be like the first and last time you'd ever show up. Uh, and then sometimes church is a little too cold. Right? It's kind of cool in here this morning, I know. But, but church is a little too cold. And it's the opposite. You walk in and not one person even, know, even, even takes an opportunity to extend their hand to you. Like I went into that church and I sit down and not one person said hi to me. Now, you know what? How is that even possible? But it does happen sometimes. It does happen because we do get caught up in our, in our um, routine and we just go, we try to gravitate towards the people that are more like us or look a little bit like us that are a little around our age. And we kind of gravitate towards those people and we stay in those little circles and then the people don't feel like they, they can get into that circle. And, and here's the deal. They're not going to keep trying to get into our circle unless we open it up and let them. It's just not going to happen. We, uh, Zach uh, Zupan and I went to a, a workshop yesterday about being the missional church. And one of the things that they realize is that we have a very come and see mentality as church. And there are so many obstacles for people to get in the door. I mean, think about it. On any given Sunday, let's just, let's just have some dialogue right now. What are some obstacles that people have for coming to church? Huh? The football game, all right? Yeah. Chiefs, they're an obstacle, you know. I have season tickets. Well, I, I got to go. You know what? We should sell season tickets here at church, all right? You can have your own seat and you come and you can sit there in the same place every time. You can sell it to people. If you're not going to be there, they can come and sit here for you. Uh, okay, that is an obstacle. And sometimes that's, you have other things that come up and you can't be here. I, I get that. I understand. What are some other obstacles? They don't know anybody, all right? That's the number one obstacle probably is like, I just don't know anyone there. Okay, well, we can overcome that obstacle by in, in just personally inviting people. But even if we personally invite someone, still some obstacles. For one, maybe a language barrier. Maybe they don't speak uh, English. And so this is not going to be a, the perfect church for them because I speak English. And they, I try to speak Spanish. My friend back there, we try to, you know, I got some Spanglish going on. But it's not that good. I'm not going to be able to preach in Spanish. Okay, so language. Uh, but just church language. They maybe have no reference for what we do here at all. And they might have heard about what we do here, and they've heard some negative things. And they're like, why, why would I want to get up early on the one day that I can sleep in and go to a place where I'm not going to fit in and people aren't going to love me? Or they're not even going to know my name. There's some obstacles that, that come. So church can be a little bit too cold. But, but I think as much as we possibly can, and that's something that we can all do together, we want to try to create a space where church is just right, okay? Not too hot, not too cold, but it's just right, and that's something that we're going to 
Hey, you know what? Here's the deal. We all get to do that together because we're still birthing this thing. This, this is a baby. We're still feeding this thing with a bottle, all right? And we're still growing together and learning how, how to do this church thing. This is the first church I've ever started on my, on my own, not on my own with people around me, but this is the first one I've been a part of. And then, then you have, have uh, something that every church has, and that is the people. Don't even get me started with people. Because people sometimes can be mean, can't they? Sometimes people can be messy. Sometimes church can be full of hypocrites, right? Did you hear that before? And sinners. And you know what? Can we just say amen? Because we're all those things, and here we are. Me too. And church has those people in there. That's right. That's why we're here, because we are wanting to, to, to grow and to get better, to learn not to be so mean and not to be so messy. But church has the, those those qualities about it that that is true and we're not going to hide that we're not going to say that that's not true here because it is so let me ask you this when you think about church what do you think about church just shout out a, a one one word when you think about church I did this at home and my kids of course they gave me the Sunday school answer Jesus the answer to everything is Jesus by the way at church so just say Jesus okay what else Fellowship, okay, that is the, that's the, the biblical word for that's koinonia or like deep friendships. More than just like, hey, what's up, how you doing? I can do that at the grocery store, but it's deep, I know you, you know me, and we still like each other kind of fellowship. That's good, all right? We're messy together. All right, what else? Family, okay, so it feels more, needs to feel more like a place that you belong, feels more like family, okay? What are some other things? Love, okay, what else? Someone, worship? Okay, yeah, so, mu- so the music's a part of it. We, we have, have music. The music is a, a way to connect this, with this vertical relationship with God and open our hearts up and our minds to receive what God has had for us, okay? Um, what, are some, what are some negative things that maybe you felt before or you've heard about church? And I've mentioned a few. Judgment, who said judgmental? Right, yeah, judgment. That's right, oh, when I, man, I've heard people say, but if I walk in the church, I'm gonna catch on fire, you know? And I'm like, I hope so, in a good way. <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> I hope you do catch on fire. Or the, or the roof's going to cave in if I walk in church. It's been so long since I've been in church, and so they feel like they just don't belong there. So they feel judgment. Okay, what else? Fear? Okay, what are we afraid of? Oh, yeah, you're afraid that they were going to pull you out of the crowd and, and then everybody was going to look at you. Like, we have a spotlight in the back. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> spotlight on you. you know, it's really, it's like, yeah, we, that would be uncomfortable. We don't want to do it. So fear, holier than now, all right? So that there are people who act that way, right? Is that what you're talking about? People who act holier than now? Okay. And you feel like, man, I, I just, I'm just not worthy. Uh, one of the obstacles used to be a long time ago, used to be dress, the way we dress. And, and I don't have any nice clothes. Like, can I come to this church if I don't have a dress or a suit or whatever? My, uh, my kids also said unity, or, and I thought about unified, sanctified, justified, and chicken fried. All right, potlucks, that's church. That's what I used to think about when I was a kid. There's always be uh, some food involved. All right, so here's a few things about our church, and we'll just get through these real fast. I'm glad we don't have to dress up, but if you want to, then go ahead. It's okay. Come in a suit and a tie. Come in a dress. Come the way you feel comfortable, and don't feel like you have to dress like me or not like me or whatever. It's okay. If you want to raise your hands and worship, go ahead. 
If you want to, feel, if you want to dance, we have lots of room now to dance. You can even come up, we could have a dancer over here and a dancer over here. All right, if you're going to dance, though, just be good. All right, we want good dancing. <laughs> okay? That's why I don't dance. Uh, if you want to, if you need to take a nap during church, go ahead. Just don't snore and don't drool on your neighbor, all right? If you need someone to pray for you, then you're in the right place. We'll have an opportunity for that, and I'd ask you to take advantage of it. You don't have to, but it's available. If you need a friend, sometimes you might need to be the first one to extend your hand. Maybe the reason people don't talk to you because you don't talk to them. So extend your hand. Don't be afraid. Take a chance. If you're looking for the perfect church, well, you'll have to wait till Jesus comes back because um, this is not the perfect church, but we do hope you'll feel some love here. If you came prepared to give an offering to God, then we pray that you would give with a cheerful heart. We're not going to talk a lot about money, but we will talk about it some. Matter of fact, next week, the message about what we believe about tithing and about giving and being a blessing to the church. Um, I would do what I do for free if I could. Honestly, if I could afford to do this job and not have to get paid for it, that would be wonderful. I'm still waiting for my Nike endorsements to come in. I got a book deal in the work. No, I don't have any of those in the works. Just saying. If I did, I could do it for free. If you are here, and I want you to hear this and hear this and just listen to me. If you're here with an agenda or you're just disgruntled because of what happened to you at another church, then, then come to me and let me talk to you about it, okay? But don't bring the negativity into the door. Leave it outside, okay? If you have an agenda to be a blessing, then you're welcome here. And we want you to know that if you have certain skills or resources or abilities that can bless others, then do it. Use those gifts. If you have little ones, you can keep them with you. Or if you want to break on Sunday mornings, we do have a place for that. We have a teacher here at the school that my wife takes care of her little girls during the, the, um, the week. And what a blessing that her classroom is just right out the door. You know, God already knew all that a long time ago. If, uh, if you have a teenager and you think, well, there's, no, there's nothing for the older kids, even up from the, the age that are in this room, uh, just hang in there. Hang in there. Eventually we'll have some things, activities that will go on for all ages. But here's the deal. Let me just tell you. This is something you're going to hear me say a lot. You're, if you're a parent, you are the primary teacher in your kid's life. Do not put that burden on the church. The church can help you and support you and encourage you. But the number one educator in your child's life is you. And so here's what I want you to be encouraged. Receive and learn at church and then go home and sit around the table and talk about it. I'm giving you an open door to have a conversation with your kids about the things that you hear at church. Hey, what did you think about this? What do you think about church? When you think about church, how do you feel? You know, uh, use this as an opportunity to have these discussions and keep it open. Let them... Listen to your kids. See what they have to say. You are the primary teacher in your kid's life. Um, I did have someone say, well, we're not going to come back to the church because I don't feel like my, church, my kids are getting fed. And I just said, you know what? You are to feed your kids. I will, I will give you some menu ideas, <laughs> and you go home and feed them. That's, that's, how, that's how it's going to be here at this church. And some people might say, well, that's not for us. Then, okay, that's fine. There's lots of other options out there, it's like restaurants, you know, there's many other places you can go. But if you have a passion to work with kids or youth, let us know. Okay, so here's some views, some views about church. 
One view is you can view church as a place where certain things happen. Or you can view church as a vendor of religious goods and services where people come and they're viewed as customers. Do you want me to view you as a customer? I hope not. Because if I view you as a customer, then I'm probably going to try to do some things to manipulate you to, to, to give a little bit more. And it might not be authentic. It might be for the wrong reasons. But church is not a business. There are things, certain things about church we have to run like a business, but this is not a business, and I don't view you as a customer. And you don't want me to view you as what I can get from you. And can I just be honest with you? I don't want you to view me as what can I get from him? Like what can the pastor do for me? That's not, that's not church. That's not what God calls us to. What does the Bible say about the church? Jesus is the head of the church. We sang about it. He's the cornerstone, Acts chapter 4. The church is not a building. We are. We are the body of Christ. The, the word for that is the soma. The physical representation of Jesus in the world is the church. And that's you and that's me. Anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. The Bible says the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. It's the only organization that I know of that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. And that is what we are a part of. The church is the bride of Christ. And I think about this at every wedding as the bride gets herself ready. She spends all day long getting herself ready to see the bridegroom. The church is getting ready. We are getting ready for the bridegroom to come to get us. And as a result of that, we are to learn to submit to the groom, to submit to Christ. Jesus loves the bride. He loves his bride to the point of giving his life for her. Even it says in Ephesians that we are to love husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church who was willing to give his life for her. That's how much Jesus loves us. He feeds and he cares for us like we feed or like we are supposed to feed and care for ourselves. And I had this little note here, Sonic story on Friday. I, I had this conversation with a woman. She talked about onion rings and all of a sudden, you know what I was thinking about the rest of the day? Onion rings. So I told my wife, I was like, let's have a salad but with some onion rings. That's a balance, right? Salad with some onion rings. And so she went to Sonic to go get onion rings. She comes home, and she made the mistake that we've all made. She did not look in the bag right after she got it, trusting the people at Sonic. Not a good idea. Sometimes it's not a good idea. She gets home. She opens it up. You know what's in the bag? Tater tots and five corn dogs. And I was thinking how I could put that corn dog on my salad. I was hungry. I wasn't necessarily wanting to wait for the chicken strips. Let's just go ahead and cut up those corn dogs. They were 50 cents a piece at Sonic that day. I should have just ate them. <laughs> but I was thinking, we need to feed and care for ourselves. And Jesus um, does that for us. Anyway, that's just a side note. I thought it was funny. Jesus taught the church how to pray. We pray, we pray a prayer every Sunday morning here, the Lord's Prayer. The church was established by the early followers of Jesus. You see it in Acts chapter 2. They were devoted to teaching. They were devoted to one another. They were devoted to prayer. They were the welfare system for each other in that day. The church wasn't just the place they went. It was who they were. That is the church. 
When you heard me say that, the church was the welfare system. They took care of one another. And can I just be honest with you? You know what my dream is for this church? I'll just be real with you. My dream for this church, it becomes a place where you come in with a need and that need is provided for whether it's just I just need somebody to hug me today or just tell me I'm doing okay or it's going to be okay or you know what, or I have a bill that I cannot pay and can somebody help me pay it. That's the church. And if you feel like, you know what, I, I cannot, there's no other way I can take care of this. I need the church to help me and that's who we're supposed to be. Literally, I view it like this. We're all sitting around together in a big table and you put your knees before the group and then someone says, I'll take that. I got this one. No, 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 no. Uh, no, I'll cover that this time. Like, I, I have some extra resources. Actually, I have two of those. Let me give you one. That's literally what Scripture talks about. If you have two coats and your brother is cold, give him one. Matter of fact, just go the extra mile and give him the best one. I have never, never in my life seen God not bless me for living that way. Never. He is the most consistent person in my life. My wife is pretty consistent, but God, even more so. Does that make sense? When the church is not like that, then why would anybody want to come and be a part of it? I don't know. If it's just about coming and sitting and doing our part and leaving, if it's not about really sharing our burdens, that's who the church is supposed to be. That's who we are supposed to be. The rest of the New Testament then goes on to teach about how the church, um, church is teaching us how to be good citizens, teaching kids how to honor their parents, teaching employers how to honor their employees and how employees how to work for their employers. How a husband should love his wife and a wife should, wife should love her husband. How you should be the member, how you should function rightly as a member of a body of Christ. And on and on and on. Let's, let's open our Bibles, if you have one, to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And... It, uh, the first little subtitle in my Bible says, A Living Sacrifice. And then right after verse 2, it says, Humble Service in the Body of Christ. And so, I want you to read this with me, with this thought. These are some some, there's some truth in this about how we can function as a church, how we should live as the body of Christ. So let's start off with verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, Paul says, 
to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed, distributed to each of you. Okay? For just as each of you or each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Then it talks about love and action. Love must be sincere. We should be real with one another. And love each other with sincerity. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. You know, I almost believe that one of the best things that we can do to just be passionate about Jesus and our faith is just to serve others. There's something about that. I promise you, come on Saturday and you'll find out that's true. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. All right, that's each other. And practice hospitality. And Zach and I learned yesterday that hospitality is more than just cleaning your house and inviting a few church friends over and uh, having um, some snacks. It's about welcoming strangers into your home and giving them a place to feel rest and feel blessing. Bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's a good word. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head, which in that culture was a huge blessing because coals cook food and heat your home and keep you warm. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That is a word for the church. It's a word for you and me. Here's another thing. Jesus is returning for his church. He's not coming back for a denomination. He's not coming back for a certain group of people over in this area of the world. He's coming back for his bride, the church. Are we ready? Are you, if you're the bride and we're the church, are you ready? And here are a few things you can do to get ready. The very beginning of the passage of Scripture I just read, you can offer yourself to Jesus. 
in view of his mercy. Look back and see the cross and what Jesus has done for you there. And when you see that, it's, it's okay and even just makes sense that I would give myself fully to him. Not for what the church can do for you or what you can gain from being in this place, but in view of what Christ has already done for you. See, mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. And all of us have things that we probably deserve to happen to us because of our actions in life. But Jesus took the punishment for your sin. When you get a good look at Jesus giving his life for you, it only makes sense that you should give your life to him. Also this morning, one of the things we're going to talk about is, just quickly, is baptism. That's the next step. That's something that you can do to get ready. We don't believe baptism is something that you have to do to be saved, but we do believe it is something that you should do in obedience to Jesus because he did it. And we believe that you should be baptized by immersion, go under the water, buried to the old way of life, it says, and raised to walk a new life. It's an act of obedience to Jesus. It's something that he asks us to do as a follower of him. Now, Phil, we don't have a pool here in the high school, which would be awesome. And so when it comes to baptism at the Calling Community Church, we're going to have to get creative. We're going to have to figure out ways to do that. Maybe we can go back and rent out the Y for an evening or something like that and just have a big party and a baptism. Wouldn't that be awesome? I thought about that earlier this week, so pray about that. Here's a final view that we might have of the church. God has a mission for his church. God has a mission for this church. He has a purpose. So we can either be a come and see church, in which, you know what, by the way, we don't have really a whole lot for them to come and see. We have a lot of seats. We have a really incredible auditorium with an amazing sound system, and we are incredibly blessed to be here. But it's kind of good that the one thing that they could come and see more than anything else is just us loving them. Or we can be a go and be church. We're in this community to go out and be the church to the community, right? So we can come here. And a matter of fact, it says the church should be called to gather and then to scatter. We come on Sunday morning and we gather and we encourage one another. We bless one another. We look up and have the vertical connection with God. We look out and have the horizontal connection with each other. And then we go out into the world and we love people the right way. We can see this as a place where we come not just for the sake of ourselves, but for the sake of other people. Sometimes church has become too much of consumeristic ideals, you know, where you come in and it's like, what can I get? What can you give me? Literally, it's more about what you can do to give. We can make an as- a lasting impact in the world that we live in by the way that we love, and we can make a lasting impact in the world by the way that we serve. So I'm going to give you three places that you can do this, and we'll finish up. And this is what Zach and I learned this yesterday. It was really incredible stuff. Makes sense. So overall, the church is about relationships, not only here, but eternal relationships as well. 
Tell him I said hello. Tell him I missed him. <laughs> Should be here. Three places. The first place is where you live. You can make an impact in your home. Your home can be a space where people can experience the compassionate love of the Father. Starting with, your, with each other as a husband and a wife, or if you're single, start um, with your kids. And if you live by yourself, it can start with the people in your community that you look around and say they need somebody to love them. Do you believe that God has given you your place to live to be a blessing to somebody else? Honestly, if you think it's just about for your own comfort and for your own safety, then you're not using it for its fullest potential. So how can your home be a place of refuge and a place of blessing for others? You could, you could do so much with this idea. Most of the time, we, we just simply call it, you can have a small group there. But most of the time, a small group is just people who are already in the family coming together just to encourage one another. That's not necessarily bad. But what about the people around you, maybe even the people who live right next to you, that need what you've got? And you can do it in such a way that you don't have to, to be obnoxious about your faith. Just invite them over for a meal. Have them come over and, and have dessert together and, and uh, just talk and, and get to know their name and, and get to know uh, something about their life. Just hear their story. Just listen to their story. That's being the church. Doesn't have, you don't have to pull your Bible out and walk them through the, the, the Roman road and but you know what? If you build a relationship with them, you might actually get to do that. But you have to build a relationship first. People need that in their life right now. Another place is your work. Your vocation is more than just a place of economic exchange. Okay? And, and kids, work for you is school. Okay? I always tell students this. School is your job. All right, do a good job and you get paid well. All right, you don't do a good job there and you're going to be in trouble and you could get your form of getting fired if you're in high school is to go see Mr. Dorman. You don't want to do that. He's a nice guy, but you don't want to be in his office if you're in trouble, okay? So your vocation is more than just a place where you exchange money, you get money and you give your time. It's a place where you can contribute to the, God's mission no matter where you work or no matter what it is that you do you can, be a, you can be the church right there. Now, I know certain workplaces have certain laws. You can't say certain things or whatever. But you know what? There's not a law against loving people. There's not. There's not a law about loving people so well they want to know why you love them that way. There's not a law against that, I promise you. And then the third place they, they call, they call the third places, places where you find yourself hanging out. Maybe a place where you practice the ministry of presence. Okay, the place you go quite often where they know your name and they're, glad, and they're glad you came. What are some places like that in your life? Just tell me right now. Yeah, if you're a parent and you're there and you're watching soccer or whatever, your soccer mom or whatever, and you're there and you're meeting these parents, you're seeing them, um, God's put you in their life for a reason, okay? Uh, the YMCA, if you go there and you exercise, it's a great place to, to, to meet and build relationships, 
What else? Where are some third places in your life where you go frequently enough that where they, when they see you, they're, oh, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? You go to a place where you go there so often, like if you order something to drink or eat, they know what you're going to get when you walk in there. How many of you have a place like that in your life? Anybody go? Yeah, exactly. That's your third place. That's where you can bring the kingdom of God right there in that place. Okay? Could be um, a place where you can be intentional. Like, like you go there for a reason. I even encourage you to do this. Okay, maybe, maybe you work outside where you can leave your office and go to lunch. Ask the Lord, God, where do you want me to go eat lunch today? You'll be surprised. That he might just say, you know what, I really want you to go to, um, one day I was thinking about this and like, I want you to go to Tanner's. I, I don't even, I, for some reason I just forget Tanner's is even there. I'm like, okay. So I went to Tanner's. My waitress was a Buddhist. And we began to exchange ideas and talking and just building a relationship. And uh, I thought, that's why I was supposed to go there that day. I mean, the food was okay. It was good. I'm not picky. I can eat anything. But if I feel like that's where God wanted me to go to that particular moment, that's where I went. So ask God. Maybe you have a burden or a vision to create a space in this community that's a third place for other people for them to come. Maybe you're a, you've got an entrepreneurial spirit and you say, I've always wished we had this in Platte City and I want to build this place so people will come so that we can just build relationship with them. Or it's not like we're going to be obnoxious about our faith, but we're going to love them so well when they come, they're going to want to know why. Think about that. I'm going to finish with this, this verse. This is... Matthew chapter 5, and this is, I'm reading it from the message uh, version of the Bible because just the way that it reads, and I want you to just hear these words. You don't have to turn there. I want you to hear these words. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to take up the offering and we're going to listen to a song. Here's another way to put it. As the church, you are here to be a light, bringing out the God colors in this world. This is Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are here to bring out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think that I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. Let us pray. So before I pray, if, if you are going to help take up the offering, would you come on up? The baskets are right here in front by Trish. We're going to pass the, we'll just do this from now on. We'll just pass the, the baskets through. Just help one another work it to the back. And then they'll bring it up to me when we're done. And uh, Zach, when I'm done praying, just go ahead and start the song. So Father, we gather here in this place we call church. It's also called the Wilson Auditorium. But today, it's holy ground. And you know what, Lord? Matter of fact, it's holy ground every day because you're here. 
not just on Sunday morning. And so, Lord, I pray for those who, who need to get ready for, the, for Jesus to come back. And if they're here this morning and they've never offered themselves to you in faith, giving their lives to Jesus, I pray that they would do that right now. There might be some that said, I haven't ever taken the next step to be obedient in my faith, to, to get baptized. Um, it's, I don't know. I'm, it's uncomfortable. I don't, I don't know what to do, how to, to make that happen. God, I pray that you would just lay it upon their heart to take that next step. I pray, Lord, that we would be more than just the come and see kind of church, that we would go and be your hands and feet in the world that we live in. And God, in some ways, maybe in a lot of ways, just by giving this offering today, it helps us go and be. But it's not just the responsibility of the people who serve here at the church. It's everyone's responsibility who call themselves the body of Christ. Encourage us today. Um, give parents time and space to, to communicate with their kids, to have these conversations, to teach their kids about things of faith. Pray that parents will be able to leave a, this godly legacy in their own home and in their children so they can pass it on to their children's children. God, praise you for the opportunity to be the church here in Platte City and in the surrounding communities. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. So if you have offering this morning to give, do so. Please fill out your cards, place it in the offering baskets, and then we'll, we'll finish up. So Father, we, um, we come to you and say this is our offering to you more than just what we can give financially, but what we can give with our hearts and with our lives. Help us to go and to be a blessing wherever it is that we, that we live, where we work, and the places that we find ourselves throughout the week. Thank you for loving us and giving yourself, giving your son for us so that we might have a life. Not just life eternal, but life right here abundantly on this earth. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. And so, before you leave this morning, if you, if you say, hey, I, I do need someone to pray with me, pray for me, or maybe you want to pray for someone, then we, this is what this space is for. It'll be available. And if you come, um, we have people in, that are on our team that uh, will come and pray with you. And so, I know this is the time where it can be awkward, but it's also a time that can be very powerful, too. So, we encourage you to, to take advantage of it if you want to. All right? God bless you. And we will see you soon.